0: you know what the thing is Dave is you just don't know you are not comfortable with people uh liking you you're not comfortable you're not used to that you're used to people chasing you from the village and stuff like that so this is very different than what you're accustomed to
1: with pitchforks and, and flaming torches is that what, <laughs> exactly.
0: That's what I was getting at yeah exactly
1: yeah.
0: Hey, what's going on, guys? Today, we have a bunch of stuff that's going to hopefully be at Friendly today. Uh, Later this week, we have another episode, which I'm not going to cross my fingers on. uh, But for today, we're going to talk about shoulder training and how to get the most out of your delts. This is one a lot of guys have problems with. We're going to give you tips that you can literally take to the gym the next time you train and try them out. Let me know how that goes, by the way. Uh, After that, we're asked about the best gyms we ever trained in. And I get Dave telling us a little bit about training in the prison system in the UK and what that. Was like, we're asked about our favorite brands of equipment, and we talk about training age. So, let's say you have like 15 years of really hard training in you. What if you don't start till 30? Can you do that from 30 to 45 or 45 to 60? We'll talk about that and a whole bunch more. If you're new here, let me encourage you to subscribe and hit the bell because we have several bodybuilding podcasts that come out each week tons of education and entertainment from highly experienced coaches, educators in our industry, IBB pros. Listen, we're all here to help you do better at the sport that we love, stay safer in the process, and of course, we're here to have some fun too. We have timestamps below, and I hope you guys enjoy the show. Um,
1: Pillars, yes, so just about to do a new in- intake. Okay.
0: Yeah? Well, tell us about uh, that today.
1: So, basically, it's a seven-week course where we look at diet training. You turn off your phone, too, while you're at it. It's not my phone. It's the customer's phone. So It is like, not the phone customer's
0: with, phone. I know your ringtone.
1: It is the customer's phone because <laughs> mine is on silent.
0: You have two phones. You've got your yeah. burner phone that
1: you oh, use not, for I'm illicit no, dealings. I'm, I'm not a drug dealer like you. I don't need one. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, we start with we start with diet, and it is a very simple overview on diet because this, this there's a ton of information about that. To be fair, and I don't think diet needs to be particularly complex to grow. Uh, you can get very very fancy with it, but um, so we we cover diet in week one, then we go to training in week two, and that includes a video library of training techniques.
0: We gotta do this quick, man, because people um, ain't not tune in to hear right.
1: an And then we start going into drug, drug use, drug effects, drug management, blood management, writing cycles, programming, all that sort of stuff.
0: Okay, and how do they reach out to you if they wanna take part? Message me. How do they message you?
1: On social media.
0: Okay, I'll have your links to social media below. I had this question. This one will be monetized. We actually, we do have a few good questions. So we're just going to do those questions today as a standalone segment to make YouTube happy.
1: He says, before Scott Scott gets banned,
0: (laughs) (laughs) this is the don't get banned episode. He says, I'm looking to build bigger shoulders. Uh, What would your advice be in terms of training? Also, Oh, no, no, no. Ah, Brownie, we can't talk about using gear in your shoulders. This is an ad-friendly podcast. That said, that that is a myth, am I right? Like, you are not going to get site-specific growth from putting things in places specifically.
1: Okay, so if you introduce a growth-enhancing compound into your supplement regime, it will work system-wide. It will not work specifically in one area. These myths have come about the questions about there is a slightly higher androgen uh, receptor concentration in in deltoid muscle, but nothing that's going to increase growth. And there are definitely no supplement compounds of any nature that will be muscle-specific. Training. Uh, I think one of the biggest mistakes people make with shoulders, particularly with the isolation movements, is they don't get the muscle to do the work they can yes. even become very very trap dependent yes. so they start to find like special lateral that instead of actually raising the delt sorry wrong arm in that nation what mm-hmm. they end up doing is almost shrugging the arm up yep um, so you've got to be conscious that your isolation work for delts does truly isolate the delt uh, and you'll probably find that you end up going a lot lighter than you expect to start with Um, So one is engagement I do find that People will benefit With slightly higher reps In shoulder work I think volume can be quite high With delt work Um, I like to press heavy But I like to keep my isolation work quite, Quite light and quite high volume uh, well, relatively high volume. I mean, I never, I never did particularly anything high volume, to be fair. But um, my shoulder, my, my lateral raises and stuff like that would be higher volume than was the norm for me with a muscle group.
0: You, you, what was your favorite exercise for overhead press? I've seen you do videos of uh, Smith machine overhead press.
1: It's I, good- I went to. I used to love being the neck. Um, okay. I don't I don't subscribe to this being a, a risky exercise in any way, shape, or form. I think most people just don't set up properly for it. I think that's where they go wrong. Um, a lot of people have the bar too close to them. It needs to be actually quite a bit back, so you maintain proper rotator cuff alignment. Um, I only went to Smith's because I was getting to the point where I was losing such heavy weights that it was more of a safety aspect. Yeah. Um, and the other thing is, using Smith, I found I could could much more focus on isolating the delt rather than having to stabilize constantly. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've 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 done four and a half place side, free bar, um, and at that way, if something goes wrong, you you're ending your 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 shoulder and possibly your spine with it. Oh, so yeah. um, I I moved on to Smith for anything from that point onwards. Uh, and that just meant as well, I could really focus on, I could go suicide grid. I could really, you know, focus on just delt engagement and using the delts to move the load rather than bringing too much tricep in and the rest of it. I,
0: I feel like shoulders are like the most poorly designed joint in the human body. And I feel like it. it is easy to get, in fact, shoulders are like one of the things that end bodybuilders. You know what I mean? Like as we age, what goes on us? Shoulders are oftentimes the thing that goes. I've had shoulder issues tore my supraspinatus a few years ago, and I've had to be really careful. So shoulders were never a problem for me. I was shoulder dominant, so growing my chest was the problem. My freaking shoulders were capped and looking crazy, and then I had a concave chest, you know, like early, early on uh, in competing and, I, you know, I'm exaggerating. I still you know, was able to take, like, second place in a good show. Um, that said, I have seen those guys. You know the guys I'm talking about, Dave. They're walking around in the gym, and they're like, they look like this. They're like, what's up, Dave? They're like all neck and no delts, just like boom. You know what I'm saying? And it, it, it's
1: it, very easy to be trap dominant, and it, it, it's very easy to overtrain traps. A lot of people love shrugging because they can move heavy weights, and, you know, there, there's there's a feel-good fact of that. I get it.
0: Yeah, and um, what I'm getting at, though, is that you're right. That I think the biggest issue I've seen is when those people do a lateral raise, they're doing it all with their traps. You know, it's it, it, it takes a lot of humility to back the weight down because you see these guys that are, like, hunched forward, And they're like, you know, kind of doing one of these things. And it's try standing straight up and a cue that somebody told me recently. One of my clients, it was three years ago, so it's not super recent. Something that worked for her that I've tried it and I feel like it's a great way of connecting is instead of thinking about bringing the dumbbell up because you see people that are trying to bring it up. She said the cue that worked for her was bring your arms out like you're trying to touch the wall. Versus trying oh, yeah. to go overhead, and I think that's a great way. but just really, really, really pull the weight back. Like, man, go to go to eight pound dumbbells just to get the feeling of it before you even really load it. You know? Oh
1: no, I mean it's. Uh, I've always taught lateral raises like that. So yeah. as the dumbbells down by your side, push the arm down to extend the trap, and then as you lift out, extend the weight at the same time, and really stretch out as far as you yeah. can. Yeah, yeah. And what you do is you put the trap under stretch so it can't contract, and then it forces everything into the medial delt, and that'll be the only thing that does contract. The further you push out, the more you'll engage your your medials. Um, Yeah, I I mean, that's how I teach lateral raises. It's it's how I've always done them. Um, Once you you get that engagement working naturally, you can actually go quite loose and quite sloppy and still find that medial delt fires right, but you need to teach the brain and teach the muscle to engage with each other correctly in that movement, uh, we will default to our strongest areas or to the muscle that has the most genitive power. So if you don't do, if you go too heavy with laterals too early, you'll find the trap comes in and compensates all the time. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I remember even when I still had decent shoulders, I broke everything down. I was doing TUT lateral razor reps, 10 second reps, and I was down as low as five pounders and eight pounders and 10 pounders. Yeah, yeah. I, and then I just built it all back up again. And at, at my strongest, I was doing seated silateral razors with 95 pound dumbbells in reasonable form.
0: That's heavy. For a lot of race.
1: Stupid heavy. I mean, 60s were literally, you know, that sort of quality of rep with 60 pounders. That was part of my warm-up. But I went super, super light to then build up to get back up to that sort of weight.
0: Yeah, take your time, man. Uh, Take your time in in rebuilding mm -hmm. it, you know? It's like there's, there's no rushing. He'll get more out of using better technique than he will out of slinging the heavy weight, you know? It's just a matter of, like, getting, like, putting the ego aside, you know what I mean? Hmm? Yeah, it is.
1: Uh, and I think also, the other thing is, like you say, shoulder injuries. I mean, I'm, I've am i been as heavy as five plates aside, behind the neck and front pressing, for reps. Uh, I've dumbbelled 90 kilo dumbbells, for reps. I've lateral raised 95, for reps. And I've got no shoulder injuries whatsoever.
0: Hmm. All right. We've got a fun one here. This is also... Advertiser-friendly YouTube, so take note. And this one is from Big Red, and he is from Patreon. So thank you, Big Red, for sharing uh, advertiser-friendly questions with us. (laughs) And we do have a bunch of other gear talk. We'll get to that shortly in another segment. Uh, Big Red says, question for drugs and stuff. Uh, What is the best gym you ever trained at? And paired into that question... What has been your favorite brand of equipment to use over the years? Love when uh, there are actually some stuff questions for Dave, and not just how much trend should I take to be huge. Love the content. Keep up the good work. All right, he's right on our same wavelength today. Thanks, Big Rod. So, and thanks for supporting. Best gym I've
1: ever trained in is. There's a mix here because a lot of the gyms that I've really enjoyed training in haven't particularly been to do with the equipment okay it's been to do with the atmosphere or the people that train there
0: yeah yeah
1: so the gym i really cut my teeth in was maloney's gym in huddersfield it still exists today and i i still have a lifetime ban
0: first first maloney's then youtube what's
1: next yeah, I trained at Maloney's. I started at Maloney's when I was 16. I worked behind the counter. Oh, you're kidding me. A, a lot of the equipment was built by Paul, who owned it and built it. Uh, he was an engineer. Paul Maloney? Uh, Paul Maloney, yeah. And he built some amazing kit. In fact, his car frame machine, there are two in existence, one at his gym, and I believe Dorian got the other one.
0: Huh, okay.
1: And that's because they had a 1,050-pound stacks on him. Oh, my God. Oh they were proper things, uh, but all his kit worked well, did what you needed it to do, and moved very efficiently and now he he opened his gym in nineteen eighty six eighty seven okay uh, and the same equipment is still in there today and still doing very very well. A few oh. pieces have changed, and he's he's died as Paul, and his son runs it now okay and i'm and I'm still bad um
0: so his son knows but, who you were? Did you say, did you say Paul, Paul is not I've, with I've, us anymore? I've known
1: Sean, I've known Sean grow up. Um, okay.
0: But Paul's not with us anymore, did you say?
1: No, no, Paul passed. So seriously. like
0: on his deathbed, was he like, you know, son, whatever you do, don't let Dave Crossland in the
1: gym. No, problem. <laughs> um What yeah, did you do? I, I think it was a combination of noise and drug, drug stigma.
0: Oh, you were—we were all geared up.
1: No, nothing I've actually done in the gym. The, the gym has got plenty of people using it. It was my association around talking about steroids and everything else that comes with people oh. who know me for what I do. Yeah, yeah. But I'm—I'm I'm not certain. I, I, I don't know why it's carried on. I'm assuming that. Uh, but there is some other stuff, but it's—it's it's not something that I, I'm going to discuss publicly. Uh, yeah, okay,
0: yeah. Well, I, I, no, I, I, I just tried.
1: believe Paul brought in the cover a few things. Anyway, uh, but some of that kit, fantastic. Loved it. Always got a good feel on it. Uh, and back in the early days when I trained there, it was just a great atmosphere with great guys, you know, everybody training, everybody wanting the same thing, and just a real old school attitude. Um I also trained at a gym that is no more called the Tower Gym uh, in Scotland. It was a sh- dump. Yeah. It, it was a poop hole. It ha- it had a dirt floor. It didn't have a toilet. There was a hole in the sewer pipe in the corner. Uh, it it flooded. It rained in there. It was freezing cold. The kit was pretty naff, to be honest. You had to move one bit of kit to use another bit of kit. It was ridiculous.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: But it was a good bunch of lads. Um, and and so that's why I enjoyed training there because it was a really good bunch of lads and then you get gyms like Ultraflex and Rotherham I mean all the Ultraflex bands to be honest Charlie's chain of gyms they're all amazing you're only Uh, supposed to
0: pick one the best the best now you're just
1: it's hard to say because you see Maloney's represents a soft spot for me in the sense of it's where I learned to train it was where I cut my teeth and I trained with some amazing people there and it had a great atmosphere back in the day yeah um but I've trained in in great gyms with great kit, but that was I suppose it's like your first true love, you know it was a bit like that that was my first true gym.
0: I have one like that Dave I, <coughs> my parents used to lift and they were very consistent with it. Their friends uh were got some of the guys were power lifters, a couple of them were bodybuilders, and this was the early eighties. I would go to the gym with my mom during the week, and they had like a a play area that I had to stay in when I was a little kid. But when I went with my dad on the weekend, he would let me go into the weight room with him. And I remember like back then it was different, you know, early 80s. It was an upstairs gym, like a tin roof, and it got hot in there. And it was all, you know, old school equipment. The guy who ran it. He was a huge fan of Arnold. He kind of looked like Arnold, like the same haircut, walked around like with the lit lats flared all the time. He was the guy who brought Pumping Iron VHS over to our house, and I saw I saw Pumping Iron for the first time as a kid with my dad and his friends. But that that whole vibe, that energy, and then when I was old enough to get a membership, that's the gym that I went to, and uh, unfortunately, it's it's no longer there. But I hear you, man. I had so many good memories. Not even, even like before training, just being a part of that and seeing the guys like moving massive weights. I remember the smell of the place. I remember the feel of the weight hitting the floor when guys would lift heavy. You know, the chalk, they had the big chalk bin and all that. You, it was a place that you would have appreciated. Not fancy, no great machines, you know. I mean, it was it was old equipment, but I would, I would love to go back there and train still if I could. Um, now, equipment... You said you don't really have a, a big equipment um selection like like or or preference I mean cuz you you like Paul's homemade equipment right
1: Hey don't know that stuff it was I mean, made there's by a Yeah. it was made about bodybuilders and silly little things like benches just having that little bit more of an angle
0: huh okay
1: you know instead of being flat backed and I mean, my shoulder-pressing power is a direct result of Paul Maloney because he took the piss out of me because I couldn't shoulder-press a plate aside. Yeah. So th- I just decided that no-one was ever going to do that again. So that's directly down to Paul. <laughs> but, I mean, I've t- I've trained with um, loads of different decent kit um, and-, and I've never really paid attention to the make. I mean, this is more of a, a modern phenomena is this... Um, you know, equipment fandom that we we have. And there's nothing wrong yeah. with it. I mean, I'm not, I'm not critical of it. But for me, it was just a case of <clears throat> it would be more that Jim's calf machine I liked or that Jim's lap pull-down I liked. or And I never took attention to what brand it was or what make it was. It was more Monster in and I liked their Smith's machine. And, you know... Maloney's, I loved his pull downs and low rows, mainly because they had 200 kilo stacks on them or wherever it was. It was something insane like that, yeah. um, you know, and, and vice versa. So that was where my enjoy- my recognition for equipment came from. I, I never really learned that this brand was was better than this brand, you know, like Prime or Arsenal or, you know, all the other Brimes that are out there now.
0: I got a follow up question for you. No, one more. One more gym question. Now, we've talked a bunch of times about how you were a fugitive of the law for a period of time. No wonder Paul Maloney didn't want you at his gym. Uh, But you you did time inside. What was the gym
1: like there? So I've just had to go through all this because I've just been filling in my visa application for coming to America. What? When? Well, I don't know if I'm coming yet. I'm just seeing if I can get a bloody visa first.
0: Okay, okay. I like where this is going.
1: Anyway, uh, um, you're coming to Detroit, by um, the long. way. No, I'm not. You're there, I'm not going anywhere near you. <laughs>
0: um, you like cars? we uh, got cars here,
1: so I would say, depended on the gym. So, if I remember rightly, Doncaster wasn't particularly good. Um, in fact, a lot of them were okay, none of them were particularly super, super duper. Uh, but the one at Shots in Livingston was uh, was run by a powerlifter. Who, it's called who, Shots? Uh, yeah, it's called Shots.
0: That doesn't sound like a jail you'd want to be in.
1: No, not particularly. <laughs> it sounds okay, like so a rough a, one. It is. Um, but there, this guy that run the gym was, uh, was into his training, and uh, a couple of the officers were into the training. And they used to hold an annual strongman competition as well. So, so that 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 was a was okay for what it was. But um, uh, Castle Huntley, again, not the best kit, but it was a good setup in the way it was run.
0: Well, like, what do you have? Like, I imagine you had a, a squat rack. Did you have dumbbells
1: oh. or? No, no squat. Well, what shots had a squat rack? Uh, Castle Huntley just had a couple of squat stands.
0: Squat stands, so you could squat out of it, though.
1: Well, yeah, but they were they were ropey as hell.
0: Okay, <laughs> they weren't stable. You're saying
1: no dumb dumbbells, barbells. All, okay. all obviously, had benches. Um, could you go heavy? Yeah, reasonable. I mean, I used to gaffer tape plates to the end of the the dumbbells to make heavier dumbbells. I've heard of guys doing
0: that. Were there other strong guys there too?
1: A few. Uh, Shorts wasn't bad for heavyweight, uh, but a lot of the gyms, you'd find the dumbbells topped out quite Quite early. I mean, like, you you know, the heaviest may be a 30 or a 40. Oh, uh,
0: okay. Kilos.
1: This is kilos. Oh. oh,
0: okay. So it's a heavier dumbbell, man. That's not bad.
1: Whereas, whereas I think shots went up to 50s or 60s.
0: <laughs> you had some legit weight, man.
1: You know yeah. There's a couple of them, do, Yeah, a couple of them were decent. Um, it was never an area that they spent big money on. And if they did, it was always high street commercial gym branding that the kit would be you know there wasn't a lot of proper bodybuilding or strength kit there
0: okay i had john romano on a few several years ago and we did a whole podcast about lifting in prison and um due to some acts that were put in place i forget the name of the one act but they were saying that they're they they were removing weights from gyms because they were create. they thought there was this thought that they were taking people and this is a US political thing putting him inside and then when they got out they were stronger they were creating super criminals is what they called them when in reality you know i mean bodybuilding and weightlifting it can be such a, a you know beneficial thing to our lives but they had it backward and so a lot of the jails in the US as the equipment breaks they're taking it out and then they're not replacing it you know they can they'll weld a dumbbell back together but you know they're they're, they're i i just wonder is is that attitude different in the UK?
1: There was a bit of that at some places, whereas they were trying to push more fitness than they were weights. Yeah. Uh, one prison I was in, they made you do a warm-up before you went into the gym, and it, it was stuff like you know s- squat jumps, star jumps. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, yeah, running on the spot, running around in a... It was ridiculous. I mean, it was literally ridiculous. Was but, there
0: somebody standing there watching you do all this? Like,
1: yeah, 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 yeah. You, it was, it was governed. You were instructed by the gym instructors that you oh. had to, and if you didn't do it, you weren't getting in the gym. Wow. So there were some, so definitely some prisons where their their focus was away from weights and definitely more fitness orientated, and they really tried to push that. Yeah. Some gyms embraced it. Some prisons didn't. Uh, there was prisons where unknown equipment had been removed because basically it'd been used as a weapon.
0: <laughs> yeah, I heard here that guys who were into weight, they would guard the equipment like it was. It was. A, it's a known no-no to do that because that equipment is supposed to like they look at it as sacred. They know that it'll get taken away from them. You'll piss a lot of people off if you hit somebody with a dumbbell.
1: Yeah. But yeah, it's, there was there was definitely in certain prisons a a, a lot of um, anti weight. Huh, Okay, uh, so they they provided gym facilities because fitness and well being was a crucial part of rehabilitation. They 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 openly accepted that, but it was much more fitness based, much less bodybuilding based. Because, like you said, they didn't want to create strong and big criminals.
0: Yeah. Okay. That's wild, man. All right, we got we got one more here that is user friendly for YouTube, um, and this is a, a question for the next show, Scott. How many times have you said "question for the next show"? Um, I've counted three thousand nine hundred and twenty-five times. LOL. Oh, I have a question I, for the next show.
1: Can I, yes. I have to make a comment on this. Yes, Dave. Get alive. If you have actually in any way attempted to count that, which well, obviously you haven't, in reality you probably have But I would say get a life. Come on.
0: I think he's joking. He's just saying he's a fan of the show. He's watched can all the episodes. Can you imagine?
1: <laughs> uh, can you imagine actually listening to every show just to listen to your voice? How horrendous that would be.
0: That's the way I feel about you, but it surprises me. People still come back every episode to hear you. I don't. I don't maybe. get it. Actually, you sound I'm, like you're like an old British storyteller. You should be like. Can you can you make a story for us one day, like, I don't know, something about, like, up in the fields, you know, <laughs> something like that. Up in the fields,
1: a cool wind blew. <laughs> I mean, I, eternally, I, I, internally? Internally? Inter, I don't know. Eternally? Eternally sorry I couldn't get the words out today, yeah. I'm eternally shocked that anyone listens to this show at all. <laughs> <laughs> and well, not with
0: talking about gear today, so I,
1: I don't even get it. I I really don't. People can watch, me and say, Oh, I listen to all your episodes and I'm just thinking You're really? confused. are you are you mentally ill? Do you need help? You know, should I call a counselor? There's something definitely wrong with you, so well, Why?
0: <laughs> you know what the thing is, Dave, is you just don't know you are not comfortable with people uh liking you. You're not comfortable. You're not used to that. You're used to people chasing you from the village and stuff like that. So this is very different than what you're accustomed to.
1: With pitchforks and, and flaming torches, is that what you're talking about?
0: That's what I was getting at. Yeah, exactly. Um,
1: yeah. No, I no, I, I genuinely <laughs> just I just think it's I I recognize that every now and again we actually say something that's decent on this show. But most of the but time it, it, It is every now and again rather than (laughs) regular again.
0: We just try to keep the bar low, you know, and then that way we can say that one thing once in a while.
1: It's it's easy to achieve, yes. I don't like creating standards that that mean you have to live up to them. All
0: right. So he says, I have a question for the next show. If a bodybuilder has a gym life of, say, 25 years and he starts at 15 years old training, he would probably look to retire at 40. So if he didn't hit the gym until he was 35, can I realistically train till I'm 60? Thanks, guys. The info on this show is priceless. So, yeah, the, the, there's the idea that there's going to be wear and tear on your joints. And a guy who starts at 18 um, is, by the time he's 40, is going to have a lot more wear and tear than a guy who starts at 30 and now is 40. You know what I mean? It's just more years in the gym of wear and tear. Uh, you know, can you yeah, train to 60? I mean, there's going to be some limitations there with hormones and, and our body well, breaking down, right?
1: There, there's, there's so many variables to this. Um, unfortunately, when we are younger, we tend to do dumb stuff in the gym.
0: Yeah, that's true.
1: Uh, particularly weight-orientated dumb stuff. Sometimes
0: we even get kicked out and banned from gyms for life,
1: Dave. Uh, you would you would expect that someone who started in the gym at the 35 would probably be a little bit more reserved in their approach to things like one rep maxes and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so, you know, there is possibly a sense of maturity at a later start, which would avoid some of the early injuries that a lot of us experience just being young and simple as that. Yeah. Um, I don't think you've got 25 years in the gym at all. I think a lot of it revolves around how you train, do you train heavy, do you train smart, are you more high rep and volume based, are you more weight based, you know, all these sort of aspects play into it, genetics, size, how big you got in relation to what is your natural frame. All these things has an impact on your longevity in the gym. I mean, I know a, a, a few guys that are training well into their sixties and, and even into their seventies and early eighties that have trained since they were teenagers.
0: Yeah, let's uh, yeah look at look at like here's here's an example for you. We'll take like pro bodybuilders. <laughs> if you guys are old enough to remember who Branch Warren was and remember the way he trained, he was super ballistic. He was intense. He was moving crazy poundages. All of his workouts were nuts. And that's what Branch needed to do to create the physique that he had. And then, if we take a guy um, like um, uh, what's his name, who was a Mister Olympia, um, he only got it one time. Black dude, and for some reason, my brain is
1: completely—I know what you mean—I know what you mean—completely blanking.
0: Dexter. Dexter, thank you. Why couldn't I think of Dexter? Jesus. Yeah, take a guy like Dexter. He was known for like being pretty chill his work i mean he was strong don't get me wrong but he didn't have to do the things that branch did so dexter could probably continue doing that and he did for a long time he had one of the like longest winniest careers in bodybuilding so a guy like that he's probably going to have a, a, a longer life life you know livelihood in bodybuilding or longer longevity if if he doesn't have to do that but of course it depends on your goals are you trying to get to that extreme level? Or are you just trying to stay fit and grow a little muscle along the way? You know, are you trying to maintain? What's your goal?
1: But then look at Tom Platz. Tom Platz, Tom Platz is an extremely intense trainer. Oh, always yeah. has been, always trained heavy, always trained hard. All right, he doesn't compete anymore. But he still trains and trains damn hard. And he's not a young man.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's true.
1: Rich Gasparri.
0: Yeah, yeah. Rich is still around. Burrata.
1: Lee Labrada, still got an excellent physique, still training particularly hard. I didn't know much Uh, about Lee's
0: training. Was Lee Labrada um, a heavy trainer?
1: Not particularly heavy in that sense, but, I mean, he still trains at a good caliber. Okay, yeah. I mean, Skip's no spring chicken.
0: No, yeah, look at Skip.
1: No offense, Skip.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Don't worry, he's not watching.
1: Yo, (laughs) git. Scott. Scott still trains, you know, yeah. and Scott's trained for a very long time. So I, I don't, I don't. There's so many variables. I don't think you can say you've got X along. At the end of the day, the more sensible you are, and that doesn't mean you can't train Heather, yeah. but the more sensible you are about training Heather, the the longer longevity you're going to have. It's usually injuries that are problematic rather than a wear and tear environment, it, it, though joints can wear out and do wear out. There's definitely no no avoiding that. But if, if I, I think you've got more longevity in gym as a bodybuilder than you have as, say, a powerlifter.
0: Yeah, I, I definitely could see that.
1: I, I, I think I think powerlifting will generate more wear and tear on the physique than bodybuilding do, does if done both done correctly, and I think that's a big caveat in that.
0: And then we also have the you know nutrition factor. How much can you eat as we age? Our bodies don't assimilate food as well as we get <coughs> older, so that's a factor. You know, it, it can be harder. A lot of guys as they get older, they don't have that drive to force feed you know a bunch of food and push up. Not everybody, at least, and then supplementation gear stuff which we're trying to stay monetized here guys but you know i think the older we get the less tolerable that stuff can be for a lot of us you know we start seeing like higher hematocrit as we age things like that you know
1: well i mean the other thing is you know you adapt as well a little bit i mean as you get older your training changes sure you know you're not driving for the big weights the same anymore and quite often you don't need to you know you've built your muscle mass in your younger years and now you're just maintaining it as you get older um i mean look at zach zach's zach's in his 40s he's rapidly approaching 50. he's been training since he was a kid uh, so he's definitely had a much long. He's he's already had a a thirty odd, now on forty year training life. He, he's still massive, you know. But 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 Zach spent a decade natural, maybe longer.
0: Yeah, he did build a good foundation.
1: Mm. So you know, and, and Zach's had some horrendous injuries.
0: I think, too, it's important to remember that, like, if we're not pushing to that extreme level of, say, trying to get as big as possible, that bodybuilding can be a lifelong thing. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can use it as this is healthy if you want it to be. It doesn't mm-hmm. if you're trying to push to the extreme, you know, it's not necessarily healthy anymore. Right. But I mean, realistically, we can probably train till forever. Ideally. Right. Until I until think you can't breathe anymore.
1: I think that's that's typical and and reflective of any sport that if you do it to a hobby standard um, then you've you've probably got like you say a lifelong in it but if you do it to an extreme standard then there will be a shortened window there so I mean you look at sprinters you look at a lot of professional sports athletes, and they're not particularly healthy because of the extremes they've gone through for the sport that they do
0: yeah all right, well, listen, let's wrap this episode up. Um, once again, Pillars of Strength, it's an online course. You guys will be on Zoom, right? Can they ask mm-hmm. questions yeah. along the way with that?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, the, the Zoom, so you get two choices. You can attend the Zoom, Zoom things and be interactive, or you can miss them all completely and just get the videos. Okay. Um, so it's entirely up to you. And then the final session is a and a anyway.
0: Okay. Cool. And you're getting that together now. Do you have a tentative start date yet?
1: No. Uh, I'm doing the last session of the current course Okay. this week. So um, we will, We will. I mean, most of this last course have, have been non-attendance. They've just been review on video. Oh, okay. Uh, I, yeah, I guess not
0: everybody's available at the time you record it, you know. So I'd want to try to be there.
1: Uh, And then there's a WhatsApp group for support as well, uh, which, so I say some courses, people get very into it and ask a lot of questions and are very interactive. Other courses, not so much. So you can put into a takeaway from it as much as you want, but you'll have everything in recording. There's handouts as well. So you've got plenty of information to go away with.
0: Hell yeah. Hell yeah. All right. And guys, go to uh, evalbudanalysis.com if you're in the UK. You get your lab work done by Dave. As I mentioned at the beginning, true nutrition.com. Use our code THINK for additional savings. Supplementsource.ca for our Canadians. And Strom Sports Nutrition. For those of you in the UK looking for some awesome health stacks, they've got some performance stuff too. For another episode of Drugs and Stuff with Dave Crossland, I'm Scott McNally, We will see you soon. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I got to say. Dave, Dave, Dave. David Crossland. Question?
1: I have an announcement. Yes, I have an announcement. I forgot.
0: Do you want to do it on the, the next mini episode or you want to do it now?
1: We'll do it both.
0: Okay. What is it?
1: 9th of July, Eval is going to Holland, and we are doing a seminar, a total total muscle gym with VESA, the IFBB classic Olympian.
0: Holy crap. What's up with that? What kind of seminar are you doing?
1: Doing a free seminar. Open questioned a lot. Um, VESA, B and VESA are doing that. Uh... And then we're going to do blood work as well. And okay. if it's if it's successful, we're going to open an eval Netherlands. All
0: right. Well, I hope everybody in the you – know, we had actually um, – when I was uh, over at FIBO, we had a bunch of people from Holland that came over. So, I mean, check it out, guys. You should give me the contact information for that and that way i can put that in the link or in the description i will
1: i will send you the poster
0: all right guys we'll see you soon